Hi, welcome to the Library Variety Show. I'm Alex Giorgio. And I'm Deb Miner. Still Deb Miner. Still, still. haven't taken that away from me. Deb, how are you on this insufferably hot day? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Yeah, I'm it's, doing well. It's like, what, six, seven hundred degrees out? It is, at least. At least. I'm afraid my skin's going to melt off. Um... Yeah, I'm good. Good. So, what what have you been reading, watching, doing? Oh yes, that is that question we ask ourselves every week, isn't it? Um, I am currently reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriel Zevin. You're reading all three? No, it's all one book. Oh, mm -hmm. I thought yes. you were just reading yes. a book called Tomorrow three times. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's really good. Um, I'm about halfway through it at the moment, um, but it's good about these two uh, people they meet when they are younger. Um, he is in the hospital having surgery from an injury um, from an accident, and she um, is in the hospital because her sister has cancer. So they meet in this um, kind of children's ward at the hospital, become good friends because of their mutual interest in gaming, and then this kind of carries through into their adult life where they um, end up designing and developing games. Um, but it's really interesting. It's more about um, it is indeed about gaming and everything that goes into creating. Uh, I know you're a, a big gamer. Video game. I am. Mm -hmm. And but it's also a lot about passion and um, relationships and um, yeah, it's it's good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, I just finished watching <laughs> the fourth season of Virgin River. <laughs> which is chugging away on, through Virgin River <laughs> which is based on a book by a series of books by Robin Carr who um, it's a romance but oh my god I love it so much it's 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 really similar to like a, a soap opera um, but uh, I just really enjoy it and I will just binge right through it because it's so enjoyable Good. Yeah, yeah. That's Any fun. true crime? No, I started I started watching The Girl in the Picture. Yeah. I, that was recommended. I want to watch that. So I need to finish that. I just started watching it. Um, I should watch it, and then we'll talk about it one week. Yeah, and then I started, I watched the first episode of season one of Succession. What um, did you think? I, I think I'm going to enjoy it. It's a great show. Yeah, um, I do think I'm, I like the characters so far, and I just watched the first episode. But I really, I like the family dynamics, and I like, it looks like it's going to be a lot of drama and a lot of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of intrigue. I don't know, it, it just, and it's three seasons, so that seems like, um, yeah. And isn't Cousin Greg adorable? Cousin Greg. Cousin oh, Greg. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He just kind of shows up. Yeah. He's he is yeah. He seems like Nicholas Braun. Interesting um, character. Mm-hmm. So that's that's it. That's about it right at this point in time. I've recently learned <laughs> that Brian Cox, who plays the patriarch of this family, family in right. Succession, um, the Roy family, uh, was the first person to play Hannibal Lecter. Oh, I didn't know In a movie know from that. the 80s called Manhunter. Wow. And he played him as Scottish. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's an interesting character. Um... No, I did not know that. There are so many great characters on there. Um, I like Jerry, yeah. the the general counsel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I like the, I forget which Culkin it is. Whatever Culkin yeah, boy Yeah, because he was the same Culkin that was in um, Under the Banner of Heaven, I believe. He's the same Culkin. Plays I'm Roman, not familiar Roman, with it. Yeah, Roman. I know he was in It Runs in the Family, the sequel to A Christmas Story that nobody has seen. No, I have it's not also seen released it. as My Summer Story. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, nobody's seen it. Charles Grodin's the father. No, did not see it. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, so that's that. I guess that that pretty much sums. Uh, we find I finally, you know, finished reading all the books for one book. Yes. So that was kind of a relief. Not that they weren't good books, but it it, it is kind of like keeping those homework. secrets. Yeah, keeping about secrets the secret books. And, and yeah, it was just always something like I, I gotta get this done. I gotta get this done. So yeah, so it's kind of that's a good feeling. I feel like. Yeah. We got that done. So. Some people would call us heroes, and I'd have to agree. I would have to agree, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Indeed. Well, I just, I am caught up now on season two of Physical on uh, Apple Plus. Mm, okay. um, so it starts Rose Byrne um, as this woman who... The series begins, and it's like she's got this inner monologue, and she's going around just like body shaming people, ripping them apart. And it turns out she has issues with her own body. Mm -hmm. Um, She's in a terrible marriage. Uh, And then she gets into the world of aerobics videos. It takes place in the 80s. Um, Oh, interesting. Sort of like a Jane Fonda. Yeah, and it's really good. And the second season is even better than the first so far. Really? Yeah. But this is only on Apple. Yeah. Okay. Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. where um, plus. the morning show is also on, which I've started oh, because yeah. Julie, Julie told us that yes. she had started it. And mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I'm um, really enjoying Jennifer Aniston. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know I would enjoy her as much as I am. I think she's okay. Yeah. Most everything that I've seen her in outside of Friends, she's been pretty good. She seems like she would be fun. Yeah. She was in The Breakup, which I stand by as one of the worst movies ever made Mm -hmm. with her and Vince Vaughn. I don't know. I'm not a big Vince Vaughn fan, so I... Well, who is, really? I avoid most things that he's in. Well, watching The Breakup is like being in a room with a couple who's fighting, and you just have to pretend like everything's normal. Yeah. Um, but it's like that for two hours. 
So. No. Um, and I finished uh, the audio book Miss Memory Lane by Colton Haynes, star of Teen Wolf and Arrow. And um, so at the library, we have the physical book, the ebook, and the digital audio book on Libby. Okay. Um, cool. Heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking, especially the audio book. His voice like cracks and he gets really emotional. Um, you know, at the beginning of it, I I was a little put off by a pretty person complaining about how hard it is to be pretty. Um, yeah, that would be a little off-putting, yeah. But then as he really digs into it and what people expect of him because of the way he looks uh, is no different than how expectations are put on anybody else because mm-hmm. of the way they look. True. Um and just like the way people looked at him especially when he was a teenager and uh just Hmm. really heartbreaking stuff Hmm. um delves into like his issues with addiction um coming out in hollywood uh yeah i mean it's good it's just Hmm. it's sad yeah and then um it's for doing I went to visit a park in Chicago called Oz Park, which even though I'm a big Oz fan, I've never been to. I mean, it's it's nice. It's just a little, it's a community park. It's in Lincoln Park. Um, Oh, it is in Lincoln Park? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because I've been to Lincoln Park several times, but I did not realize. It's very small and they just have Oz statues there because L. Frank Baum wrote the draft of the wonderful Wizard of Oz in Chicago. Oh, I was not aware of that either. Isn't there like another in Chesterton, Indiana? Not anymore. Oh. No. It no longer exists. Oh, they, I did not know there that. used to be a gift shop and museum and an annual well, festival. Yeah, they did have an annual festival, um, that's right. And in the eighties, Margaret Hamilton, who I'm writing a thesis on, played yeah. the Wicked Witch of the West when yeah. she was still alive, suggested visited the shop and suggested that they should have a festival. And that's wow, how that got started. They, yeah. Wow. So how long has it been gone then from that area? Um the Chamber of Commerce stopped it in like two thousand seven or eight. Oh, okay. So it's um, been a while. And then, then huh. other groups have taken it over and now there are I think they may have done like an Oz get together or something this last year, but uh it, it seems to be like lots of different groups trying to huh, do it again um yeah okay. um and then we both went to see a we movie did, a movie yes we did go see a movie <laughs> uh, but but was it a movie i don't know it was jordan peele's nope which people seem to love yeah they do i did not i i didn't not love it i thought it was very entertaining, but I did not know where it fit. It's not it's not really a Western. I didn't feel like it was really like hardcore sci-fi, nor did I really think it was a horror movie. And I was really expecting it to be more of a horror movie. I was expecting to be... We wanted a higher body count. <laughs> well, or at least I was... <laughs> There's only one scene where I where I got a little jumpy, um, 
and that that was in the barn, you know, the kids that were in the barn. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yay. Yeah, but that was really, um, but I, but I did, I did find it to be really interesting, but I kept finding myself in search of a deeper meaning, you know, like this, if there, you know, I didn't know whether it was like, you know, what I was, what I was looking for. So what if the, there's not, like I've seen all these theories floated online, right. but what if he just made, he made two films that were like socially relevant. Right. What if this one is just a popcorn movie? Yeah. And maybe that's what it is. I and, mean, I like. And from what I've read, that he wants to leave it up to yeah. to viewers. Um, and and really, I'm okay with that. I mean, I thought it was. I still thought it was fun. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we saw it. Yeah, I, I'm glad I saw it. Um, and I like the the other storyline, you know, with Gordy the chimpanzee. I wanted I, more. Go- I, I want Gordy to have his own movie. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. I want to see um, a remake of Funny Girl with Gordy in it <laughs> as Fanny oh Bryce. <laughs> but I, but I thought it was, I thought it was entertaining. I really did. I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I was entertained. I felt like it was a fever dream. Like, I had a dream that I went to see a movie, and I woke up and I thought, "Gee, that couldn't have been a movie because right, that just right. makes sense." Right. Um, I was underwhelmed by the design of the creature that I saw compared to it, H.R. Giger's it was very alien. It was not what I expected at all. No, it was almost like it, a kite. I mean, it was mm-hmm. kind of a very free-flowing... It read to me as one of those things that people do, and everybody's like, oh, look how creative. But really, it was like the least amount of creativity possible. And I'm sure somebody put a lot of effort into it, but this is just how it looked to me. But it was just surprising. Um, And it also had, the film had a lot of Spielbergian elements Mm -hmm. to it. And I don't like Steven Spielberg movies. Um, It it did remind me of a movie that he made. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I don't know. It was not that. It was a... And I can't remember the name of the movie now. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> oh, come on. The Lost World Jurassic Park. <laughs> E.T.? Stop. No, it was not any of those. West Side Story. No, it was like super, what was it called? Super 8? Oh, I think he just produced that. Oh, super 8. It, I liked Super 8. I did, too. I really liked it, And too. I think but Stranger it, were, Things. There were parts um, of it that reminded me of that, though. I kept thinking of that movie at different points of Super 8. The first season of Stranger Things, all I could think of was, these people watch Super 8. Oh. Um, yeah, but I love the first season. Of so the only Spielberg movies I like are Jurassic Park, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, oh, and God. West Side Story. I also like Poltergeist that he oh, produced yeah. and came up with the concept for and yeah. allegedly shadow directed it. Yeah. Um, but that oh. could go either way. But I'm not a fan, and this was a real Spielberger. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. I think his movies are overly sentimental and a little bit like self-indulgent. And maybe uh, this one was. I and mean, that's the... what my takeaway was. Yeah. Like, I have a movie, like, 
deal and I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And but I did I did like the cowboy element. I did. I mean, there were things that I really did like about it. I you know I thought that it was interesting about the ranch. Um, Kiki his, Palmer was fantastic. She was wonderful. Yeah, she's I, always I really, fantastic. I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed her character, and I enjoyed the you know the um, the IT guy too. I thought he was kind of kind of charming. He was good. I did not like the lead whose name escapes me right now. Well, he was the same actor who played the boyfriend in The Get Out. Yeah. Um. um I just don't like the whole brooding, not saying yeah, much. Yeah, he was, yes, he definitely played that character. I still don't understand the significance of the, um, the motorcycle guy. And maybe there is no significance. The guy who just rode, yeah, rode in. Um, I liked the director. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about Jordan Peele. No, no, no. I mean, I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him, but I mean, it, it wasn't interesting. I'm, I'm glad I saw it. I don't know that I would recommend it to anybody. Like, oh my God, you got to go out and see it. But there are a lot of folks that I have talked to that really loved it, and people that have seen it more than once. Seen it more than once. So, so good on them. Um, yeah, I'm glad they enjoyed it. Yeah. I loved Get Out. I did not yeah, love I did Us. Too. No. Um, I liked Us until about halfway through, yeah. and I thought it went downhill. Yeah. Um, Get Out was just, that was so good. But I mean, if he makes another movie, I'll see it. I mean, oh, sure. when he makes yeah, another I, movie, yeah. I, I'll see it. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. So we have a very special guest today. Um, the founder and CEO of Botany, uh, yeah. located in South Bend, um, Ben Buda. So uh, let's take a listen to an interview we did with him. Hi, uh, Deb and I are here today with a very special guest, um, Ben Buda, the founder and CEO of Botany, um, which we'll hear about in a minute um let's start with a check-in what are you reading watching doing oh so right now we just wrapped stranger things of course um who hasn't i think and also we've just started only only murders in the building um and uh that's pretty fun um steve martin michael uh, martin short uh selena gomez it's just good it's smart I'm like, I need good, and even though it's about murders, like, it's actually, it's dark humor, which mm-hmm. uh, these days feels pretty appropriate, so, um, and then in terms of reading, I, about every year and a half, I come back to the book Sourdough, um, which is really? sort of a, are you familiar with it? I, I, I'm familiar with it, yeah. It's sort of a, I guess technically it's fiction, but it's written in a way that feels like it could be nonfiction until the very end, in the very moment, you're like, okay, that couldn't possibly happen. Um, but it's sort of about creating and entrepreneurship and new directions and bravery and it's just it's you know that's interesting. themes that I kind of need to remind myself of sometimes yeah, so that's cool huh. hmm. I don't think I ever go back to fiction really I'm notorious like I and it's probably part of my like self-soothing anxiety of like I go yeah. back to familiar things yeah, of, yeah, like yeah, I know no, it's gonna happen I, I can't I be surprised that, yeah. <laughs> I reread or listen to role models once a year John Waters role models at least once a year. Okay. But I know a lot of people who do. I mean, like a lot of people will read 
like the Harry Potter series mm-hmm. every year and uh, Usually and I can usually feel a brewing like okay there's something in the air that it's like it feels like it's time whether it's just like a calm moment yeah. or fall is coming I don't know what you know sometimes it's seasonal sometimes it's just yeah. okay I have a moment to breathe and I need to like ground myself with yeah. this because I have also plenty of like I'll call them workbooks that are yeah. really fun but right. it's almost too business related and it puts my head in a business space and I can't do that before bed or something that's just not mm. we're not going to sleep if that happens and we need to sleep <laughs> I mean yeah I can we no, were reading cool. the one book perspective one book titles and it didn't feel like I was just reading like I wasn't just like sitting down with a book yeah like it was it was like it exactly. Was, it was yes. a lot less and even as adults, yeah. to be like, right. this feels like homework. Like I just, yeah. it, like I'll do it during working hours if I have the time, but I, I'm yeah. usually pretty bad. Or I'll well, go to them when I need them. Right. But there's a there's a distance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so botany is so much more than just a shop, right? Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about your journey to, to botany and and gardening. Um, Tell a little bit about yourself. So I've been gardening my entire life. Um, I sort of grew up gardening, and I like to say I had enablers rather than <laughs> role models. I certainly had role models, but um, I say enablers because, you know, there was sort of never a person that said, hey, come along with me. You might enjoy this. It was, oh, you want to be outside? Okay. <laughs> um, focus your efforts here because, of course, gardening, you learn by doing and experimenting. Right. And I was right. just sort of fearlessly and sometimes destructively experimental. Um in the early years. And so, uh, you know, between my parents, you know, we lived in the country, so they gave me space to explore and experiment, um, garden at my grandparents, visited public gardens. Um, and then fast forward to college, I was studying landscape architecture. So sort of the study and design of outdoor spaces and, you know, it felt mostly right some of the time, but I sort of was realizing it was, it had little to do with plants, despite the, despite the name, um, you know, to, to outsiders, you might think, well, landscape architecture, that's, plant-driven, right? Not not even mostly, a little bit. Oh, okay. um, you know, it's a lot of, again, urban planning, hardscaping, uh, you know, utility access, pedestrians. There's a lot of things that go into landscape architecture. Yeah. But effectively, it was, a, it was a desk job, and I wasn't sure if that felt right. Um, but I had a great professor who was teaching planting design and said, here's an internship. You should try this. And it was with the Lurie Garden in Millennium Park, and that was sort of, that was it. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I applied. I didn't think, honestly, they'd want me, but was able you know got an interview and within five or ten minutes I was like I feel like I work here even even though nothing was official um but on the third day when I started I I was keeping a journal that summer and I wrote never forget what this feels like because you can do this for the rest of your life like the idea that there's a job where they will pay you to play with plants and talk to people okay like we can we can do this and so the first decade of my career up to this point has been working in public gardens specifically and then Uh, the pandemic arrived, and uh, we were living in Wisconsin, but the pandemic brought us home without a plan, without, a, you know, we landed with my parents. Thankfully, they had <laughs> space for us temporarily. Um, and, you know, we tried and we experimented and we explored some things, and one thing sort of led to another, and it was March of 2021 that we said, within a month, we went from, what are we doing, to, we're going to open a pop-up shop, to, uh, oh my God, here we are. Um, so it's really... Uh, and then we moved into our current space on Portage Avenue, July, mid-July is when we opened in 2021. So we just passed the one-year mark oh, there. Wow. It's been wild. Yeah. <laughs> and you have some interesting plans for the future? 
we do. So we, a few weeks ago, announced we are planning to build, or grow, I should say, the Botany Block. Mm -hmm. And so this is a collection of uh, several parcels along Portage Avenue that are all adjacent to one another. And, you know, my, I've sort of been joking that, of course, because I come from public gardens, um, we're really building a public garden with botany. We just started with the gift shop first. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you think of any exceptional, any, any museum, really, but public gardens, we like to say, are living museums. Um, so think about what you discover when you go to a museum. There's obviously exhibits and displays, programming, um, community events, but there's also gift shops. There, you know, there's, there's a merchandise presence. Right. There's, um, uh, you know, all, all sorts of things that sort of feed into what makes a museum a museum. And of course, libraries are similar in that we convene people, we collect things, we curate, uh, mm -hmm. you know, resources. And so, um, Growing up, that was one, you know, whenever we visited a public garden, we always found ourselves, you know, going out of the city um, to visit those places. And so uh, I think South Bend has reached the point where it's not only it's not only ready for a public garden, but it's deserving of a public garden. I think all great cities, um, you know, can the plants are powerful, especially in sort of hyper-urban, otherwise sterile contexts. And so our vision for the botany block is essentially we're creating the beginnings of an urban garden, but our, our vision of that garden is one that sort of expands into every nook and cranny of right. of the community. So it, it won't just be sort of within our, you know, quintessential four walls, but um, every front yard, every parking lot median, every container on a corner, every urban farm, whatever it is, even a vacant lot, you know, really isn't vacant. It could be rich and full of life. Um, and so that's, we're looking at our role as the one that can help to catalyze that to happen and help that to change. You know, we don't need to be the ones caring for every one of those plants, but mm -hmm. make it easier, essentially making it easier for more people to grow more plants in more places. That's the vision. And um, how can people get involved? So we, uh, we like to say there's all kinds of ways you can get involved. So our uh, sort of most direct is what we're calling a botany backer. And so that's essentially like having a membership at a museum or, or a cultural organization. Um, we have a few ways that we say thank you for support. It's a, it's a financial support. Um, but you know we do things like discounts and presales and and other sort of backer perks. Um, but you know we also recognize that people have many ways in which they can show and support things they care about. And so uh, you know we say it's time, talent, or treasure. That mm -hmm. we, we sort of welcome all of that. And so um, right now we're at the phase of we're still raising money to purchase our our building and the adjacent lot. That's sort of our first um, hurdle to overcome. Once we have that, then we'll start thinking about putting plants in the ground, building those first sort of public community garden spaces. Um, and when we do, you know, we'll, we would welcome hands to help put plants in the ground, to help us care for the space, you know, and of course there'll be learning along the way with all of that. Right. Um, you know, obviously sharing our project with your friends, your neighbors, um, that's one of the most powerful things you can do if it's sort of a personal recommendation to say, hey, this is something I'm interested in and care about, I think you might too. Um, you know, those are, we're, we like to say plants remind us we're connected and they help us open up. So I think we're trying to do this in a way that is as community driven and community driven as possible. Um, a couple weeks ago, you had the plant pride event that, that I went to that was fantastic. Um, do you have any other like sort of events planned coming up? We do. Uh, so in plant pride, I think Initially, we thought, well, we'll see how this goes. Um, but now I think it's definitely going to be an annual thing <laughs> in some capacity. Um, you know, how it will evolve, we're not quite sure yet. We're still sort of recovering <laughs> from that, that one. But um, we're in the midst of planning our fall calendar now, and so we have more community events and celebrations. Um, you know, we're, we're working on doing things for Halloween, so we're going to get those places mm -hmm. a little safe to trick-or-treat up in Mount Portage. Yeah. 
Um, we're thinking about, again, like a fall festival is something we're floating. Uh, we'll have more workshops, workshops for beginning plant people. Um, we're also hopefully collaborating with the library to do a ecological landscape learning cohort, um, which will be uh, still in the works, but is hopefully coming here this fall as well. Um, what will that be? Those are amazing names for conferences and events. It is both. Both, okay. Um, so okay. It, it's essentially going to be an ex uh, six-week uh, curriculum. So oh, we'll excellent. meet for three weeks, take a week off, and meet for another three. Um, but hosted through the library to make it accessible for more folks to participate. Um, and really essentially the idea being empowering people to sort of um, design and garden in their pieces of actually natural spaces. Rather than, you know, we don't want to be gatekeepers of the information and right. the skills that we have. So we're, we're trying to say, you know, you don't have to hire us. You could hire us to, to help you with these things, but we'd much rather like teach and empower others to, to do this with us. So um, we've got a Plant Parenting 101 Also, our late night plant club um, will be starting up, and so that's essentially for plant lovers to find each other. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> we, we've been having people asking for just like, you know, where do I find the other plant people in this like I that know, are that's that are awesome, super nerdy actually. like yeah, I am? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be really casual mixers, and there will like we'll have like an icebreaker. I think the first one's going to be a sort of a plant pottery swap as as, as the icebreaker thing. But we'll try to do those once a quarter. Um, but I'm addicted to plant parenting, so it's just. Especially after last year, we all know what it's like to not have places to go and right. gather and right. be. Um, so what a great time to like be creating and learning. of sort of community curated resources, you know, it's, it's our buying to work well for us physically, um, but also courts and modeling what, what other systems would do, but it's sort of this reactive, responsive platform to uh, folks who are interested in learning about it. Um, you know, the collection we have is, uh, or that I created maybe a year or two or so ago, was how to get started as a gardener. Um, you know, one, and one of the resources in there is that uh, people are still sort of surprised to learn about is organic compost as an it's managed through the city. It's basically, it's on the north, uh, northwest side of town. It's at the airport. Um, but basically there's like free compost at lunch for, you know. Yeah, and it's beautiful. It's beautiful material. It, it's basically free if you load it yourself. It's pennies if they load it for you. Um, but that's one of the critical things, you know, to getting a garden started is to grow and have the natural resources. You don't have to go buy things in plastic bags and shell out the hull and, great resources right here that, that if they knew it, knew about them, um, might be easier for them. And I know it does exist in other places, so. Okay, where can we find you? So our Instagram handle is bot for bust, as is our web address, so botany.net. Um, that's probably the easiest way. Thank you, Ben. Um, yeah, and thanks. again, you can great. find him botany or bust 
com or botany or bust on social media. Yeah, it's a very lovely website. It's very usable and, yeah. Yeah, great asset to the South Bend it community. It is. It's quite lovely. Um, all right, so that's all we have for today. Uh, email us, libraryvarietyshow at gmail.com or find us on Instagram, libraryvarietyshow. Um, and for the Library Variety Show. I'm Alex Giorgio. <laughs> and I'm Deb Miner. Thanks and for joining us. Yes, thank you. The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and or guests and are constantly evolving. They do not reflect the views of the St. Joseph County Public Library, its board of directors, or its administration. Thank you.